Hi, I'm Bailey. Hi, I'm Charles. And you're listening to Hold Me, I'm Scared. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome back to Hold Me, I'm Scared, where every other week we pick out something spooky or scary and explore it. This week, we are talking about teachers. We felt... As it is appropriately the time that people are going back to school, I'm so sorry, I feel your pain, that we would uh, explore the horrors of teaching. Bailey, Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on teachers? Yes. So I actually have a scary teacher story. Okay, so I can read auras, and it's something I've done since I was a child. I'm not, like, a particularly spiritual person, but I've just, like, always seen auras around people. By the way, I have a cold, so that's why I sound weird. Um, anyway, so when I was in kindergarten, I guess I came home and I told my mom that like this, we had like a long-term substitute, and I told her oh. that he had a black aura. And he, uh, trigger warning, skip ahead like 10 seconds if, you're, if you don't want to hear what I'm about to say. Um, he ended up being arrested mm. for being a pedophile <laughs> later, like Great. years later. <laughs> Um, so black yeah. aura means pedophile. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I think it means something bad, but <laughs> I mean, it means something b- bad. It, yeah, I don't, it's not that specific, I don't think, but yeah, that's isn't that creepy? Is creepy. That you know, that would be the job a pedophile might choose. Yeah, it, I don't want to think about it anymore. Yeah. Let's think about something else. <laughs> no, let's not think, think about, about it. I don't want to think about it either. You're scared of today. Bailey, what are you scared of today besides pedophiles in schools? Sorry, had to cough. I actually, speaking of school, I started school today for my master's degree. Oh, yeah. Ew. Yes. Ew. Um, so I think I'm just feeling nervous about like balancing work and like a pretty intensive master's program together. Um. My first two, so the way that my program works is you take two eight-week classes at a time. So the workload is like pretty dense, but um, it's only two classes. So my first two classes look like they're going to be really interesting and I'm excited for them, but I'm also like scared that I'm going to mess up with like time management or, you know, just because I've been out of school for a while, um, like that I won't like remember how to do it, I guess. I mean... I don't think it's something you really forget. You get the assignment. You do yeah. the assignment. You turn it in. You get a grade. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. It'll be fine. Sometimes you have to do crazier things, like a presentation, which I public speaking does not scare me. I get more excited to speak, and that then makes me jittery. That's like my nerves is from like I'm too excited to do it. Yeah, I I don't mind public speaking at all. Um, I don't have to give any presentations this quarter, but I do have to um, make a brochure. <laughs> <laughs> a brochure? Yeah, I have to make a brochure um, about cancer for my oncology class. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I had to once make a travel brochure in sixth grade about a country. So here's the thing. I actually think it's like kind of a fun project, right? Like 
uh you can like make it like pretty like it's i like working on stuff that involves like a level of creativity and like aesthetics um i don't know how to make cancer aesthetically pleasing (laughs) (laughs) i mean add a little glitter and anything can be nice to Mm -hmm. look at i yeah we're moving on from that one what are you afraid of oh um (laughs) it's a long list but today i'm afraid uh, i'm afraid of how much i'm gonna have to pay for the tags on my new to me car it shouldn't be much because i'm part of the cherokee nation but i still worry i think like my tags when I like switched my registration to Illinois were like a hundred and ninety bucks. Yeah. Um, I think it's like worse when you have like a new title to like a new vehicle. I had some people tell me that they had to spend like a thousand and something. Huh. Oh, because of the like taxes? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but, I, I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> like, I don't For know. When it comes to, like, insurance and, like, tags and taxes, it's all just so complex that I'm just, like... It's deliberately complex. I'm not even sure complex. what these words are. It's intentionally complex so that you can... The government can then make more money off of you when you do it wrong by fining you. And it's actually... A bunch of crooks. More just, like, a tax on poor people because poor people can't afford to have, like, accountants or financial advisors to help them figure out these complicated processes. So it's really just rich people in this country continuing to get money from poor people yeah i mean thankfully now like most i would say i would say a lot more people have like internet access and you can find out at least some to help you out so like it's still super confusing like every time every time i file taxes i'm like man i hope same i'm also like girl i (laughs) hope i'm doing this right like i yeah and then like insurance and these are these big words and i'm like I don't know, man. I don't even know what that does. I'm not... Yeah, but I, I don't think it should be much. But I'm not exactly into the idea of, like, not having a lot of money in my bank account. Um, yeah, that's so not So that's fun. what I'm afraid of. That's fair. It'll, it'll um, be okay. Cut <laughs> that out, please. That one was so gross. <laughs> and then I kind of want to leave it. No, please don't. I will not publish the episode if you leave that. You can put a sound effect over it. Yeah, like a like a horse whinny. I like horses. Hor- like, have you? We've already established that you're a horse girl. I'm not a episode. horse girl. I just like. I didn't even like have that much of an affinity towards horses as a child. I had one towards mm-hmm. unicorns. That's like the sa- that's just the gay version of a horse girl. A gorse girl. <laughs> a gorse girl. Mm. A gay. She's one of the girls. One of the gals. One of the gals. Oh my gosh. I was listening to um, Trixie and Katya's podcast. And they were talking about Gia Gunn. And you know she's already a character. Um, yeah. 
These are drag queens that we're talking about, by the way. Charles and I are big fans of oh yeah, sorry. Drag race and pe- drag in general. People don't get like gay stuff, um, <laughs> but <laughs> they were talking about how I don't know. Gia just came up to I think Trixie and was like, at this point, the dolls are the dolls, and then just like left it at that. <laughs> and they were like, what? Okay. <laughs> and they're like, but it I don't made think, sense to them. I don't know. I don't think Gia ever know. I don't think even Gia knows what Gia is talking about. I don't think so. I just, I don't know. I am not like a huge fan, but I do just enjoy hearing them talk. Yeah. Are they a they or are they a her? Yeah, I thought they were a her. Gia, I believe Gia uses she, her pronouns. Because Gia is a trans woman, so I'm pretty sure it's she, her. Oh, did you see uh, who used to be... Oh, well, I don't know their new name. Well, let's not dead name them, so take a minute to Google. Kara Cunningham. No, is that it? Yes. Okay. So... Yeah. Yeah, I just thought that was, like, exciting. To, Good like, for her. I know. So Kara Cunningham is coming into her own... Leave Britney alone. People are obviously being extremely hateful um, and just gross. Even, like, people from, like, I saw it was a post from, I think, um, out.com or out magazine. And there were people, like, in the comments. And I'm like, how did you even find this post? Out is not meant for you. How did it get to you? Dude, I honestly feel like homophobes participate in more queer media than queer people do i listen i saw a tiktok that was like what do guys do like it was a gay guy being like what do guys even do when you guys hang out like what do what do straight guys even do when they hang out together and there was a bi guy and he was like i'm bisexual and he was like but i was in the closet so i hung out with a lot of straight guys so i feel like i'm the authority to answer this he was like there's nothing more gay (laughs) than straight guys hanging out he was like all they want to do is show each other their dicks all the time (laughs) and i was like that's so weird And he was like so when i started hanging out with gay guys i was very confused because they don't do that (laughs) (laughs) why though i don't know it's just like they want to like prank each other and like show them to each other like wave them in each other's faces and like I don't know compare them all the time or something I don't know I do I think the comparison thing is like real because like men are like very obsessed with other men like street men especially are very obsessed with other men because they they're obsessed with like other men's bodies and like how muscular they are like right and I'm like I I think they're all just secretly gay I don't think that. I think it's just like it's just me hoping. To I don't know. The pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Oh, you have enough. You have enough. <laughs> I just. I'm saying that people who are straight. I don't think like all of them are secretly gay. I do mm-hmm. think like there's a lot of like mm-hmm. homoeroticism mm-hmm. among straight men, and it's not necessarily like that they want to fuck each other, but it is like a like. The way that they fixate on other men's bodies is, like, kind of erotic in nature sometimes. Yeah, and look, I'm here to tell you that, like, I am fairly certain there is a lot more, like, bisexual and homosexual repression 
in these straight guy communities than not. You know what I mean? Maybe. Maybe. I, I, but I, here's the thing. I'm hesitant to embrace the narrative that like homophobes are like secretly gay. That I don't like that. But most often, um, the bullies who I come at you are um, like, they have a problem with what they're bullying you about. No, I mean I know I've had I've had it happen with girls, um, like bully me and then later like reveal that they had a crush on me. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I'm saying that this like associating gay people with this like inherent cruelty. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like more like it's it's like yeah that slash at us I guess. But I don't know. Also, gay people can be mean. Yeah, it just makes me uncomfortable because. Dude, gay de- gay people can definitely be mean, but I I do think like yes, there are gay homophobes, um, and I mean a lot of us are like inter like have internalized homophobia that we have to basically address our entire lives. That's me. <laughs> but I don't know that it's the majority, and I don't know that I like that being like. It just gives me like an icky feeling, like when people would say like I don't know, it just gives me an icky feeling. It's hard to describe. But yeah, I don't like just describing like this like inherent cruelty to like gay people or saying like, oh, the, like they're just homophobic because f- they're gay because it sounds like almost like it excuses the behavior and then also like ascribes this um, attribute to gay people when like a lot of homophobes are not gay <laughs> and like they just hate yeah, gay people. Just dicks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, shout out to homophobes. They've only made me prettier. So it's true. I get infinitely hotter every time someone (laughs) bashes me oh listen i have to tell you i went to my nephew's birthday party and some of the family members of my brother-in-law and just some other people in attendance like friends we get some homophobic vibes okay um i arrived fashionably late i'm shocked okay i'm gonna paint i'm gonna paint the picture (laughs) okay we have white vans um no socks well well, like the low cut no no show show socks um we have black fitted jeans high-waisted of course um shirt not tucked in but white shirt rolled up sleeves we have a chain necklace wrapped around my wrist like that one kind of chain that you get from like a dog tag and then we have three differing like little silver chains hanging from my neck we have these sunglasses that are not they're not aviator style they're almost like harry potter but like a bit more oval um Mm kind of makes mm -hmm. me look like a like i don't know a hot scientist and then um black mask right and gorgeous blonde hair i come strolling in okay i have a whole hallway to walk down oh my god and i am just like doing my gay walk walking all the way down this is still a horror podcast by the way um but (laughs) i set my present down i whip my hair out of my face i see my sister Mm. hug her and she's like you look so good everyone's like you look so good and then my um best friend's wife is like that was sort of an iconic entrance and i was like i know i try my best um and then i take the sunglasses off to reveal smoky black eyeliner and 
I mean, let me tell you. The crowd didn't audibly go wild. Yeah. But I felt the eyes and locked eyes with multiple people. And you like, were feeling the fantasy, man. I get I understand, yeah. like, not all of it. Maybe from a more judgmental place, okay? They may just be looking because I looked that good. Yeah. And I did. So I sat down and um, enjoyed the uh, party. So did you feel like really good about that, about stealing the spotlight from a child on their birthday? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. As long as you're fulfilled, then I'm supportive. I mean, I like silently stole it. I was more like just like, uh, like his light never faded. Uh, Just another spotlight turned on. Yeah, but was yours brighter? It was bigger. I'm taller. I'm saying, like, it might have been rude, but, you know, like, you only get so many chances to feel the fantasy, so you got to take them when they come. And if that's at a four-year-old's birthday party. Do it. Speaking of kids, let's go. Let's talk about school. And let's get to our facts and figures. Okay, so... Um, while there is no like set phobia of teachers specifically, I was able to find some stats on the phobia of school in a fear of.net article by Jacob Olison. So the name for the phobia of going to school is um, school of phobia. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I wish, dude, I'm gonna try my best. Dida scale, no, Dida Didascalinophobia. Didascalinophobia. That's a drag queen. <laughs> Nearly 2 to 5% of school-going children are known to be inflicted with this phobia. The word didascalinophobia is derived from Greek didasko, meaning to teach, and phobos, meaning, as we know, fear. Um, and then the, another uh, common term for the phobia of school is school. Scoliosis is scoliosis. Scolionophobia, which is derived from the Latin sias for knowing. Okay. Um, So the phobia is most common in preschool age children, which like makes sense. They're going to school for the first time. It's like a new experience. They're very young. A lot of kids is like the first time they've spent significant time away from their parent or other caregiver um some middle school children 13 to 15 year olds also uh suffer from this phobia um and it's it does uh increase in middle schoolers because like that's when like a workload um tends to increase at school they get like more homework they have more difficult classes and also bullying um overall unsafe school environment like recent reports of guns in schools and um like violent actions being hello violent actions being perpetrated in schools bullying or pistolas in escuela (laughs) or changing to a new school are some other factors that will trigger this phobia uh the Treatment for this phobia involves positive visualization, sometimes comforting music, deep breathing, and basically like relaxation uh, techniques. And it's um, been really helpful, especially in teenagers who are coping with this fear. But 
I did want to talk a little bit about teachers in specific, so I was able to find these disturbing stats in a criminaljustice.iresearchnet.com article on teacher-perpetuated crime. So this article cited one anonymous survey of teachers at seven different elementary schools and found that 45% admitted to have bullying, to having bullied a student. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I know that's like that's a lot. <laughs> um, additionally, in 2000. A nationwide study conducted by the American Association of University Women Educational Foundation found that approximately 290,000 students experienced physical forms of sexual harassment by a public school employee between 1991 and 2000. Another study, I know, gross, another study in 2002 uh, by the same organization found that of the students who reported sexual harassment in schools, 38% had been harassed by teachers or school personnel. And a 2008 study found that while more students are bullied in schools, sexual harassment is mo- more damaging to both girls and boys. I would assume so. This like makes me never want to have kids. Them to I'm, I would be terrified to let them out of my sight. Yes. Um, and then... One of the most vulnerable groups within schools are lesbians, gays, bisexuals, transgendered, and questioning the LGBTQ youth. <laughs> <laughs> the two, which like we had no idea. The 2005 version of the National School Climate Study included 1,732 students aged 13 to 20. It found that 75.4% heard homophobic slurs frequently at school. And 89.2% heard comments like, you're gay or that's so gay, frequently. These comments are typically made when faculty and staff are not present, but when they are around, only 16.5% of the sample said that the adults intervened. Students said staff are less likely to intervene when they hear homophobic types of remarks than when they hear racist or sexist comments. Notably, 18.6% of the sample said that staff also made these types of remarks. Wow. I am so shocked at these facts and figures. (laughs) I know. Who would have even guessed? I mean, these are, these stats, like, are a little low. Hello? These stats are a little old. Um... I think my latest stat is from 2008. So I'm hoping that um, the climate in schools has changed in the last several years. But do I have, I I have hope. Do I have faith? Not particularly. Yeah. Am I confident in that hope? Um, Yeah. Not really. Yeah. Yeah, um, Which, okay. Wonderful facts and figures, by the way. Round of applause. Thank you. Um, Oh, thanks. But... I forgot, which I didn't know if you were going to bring it up. Bailey and I have a shared trauma horror with a teacher. I, I, I'm, I don't want to talk about it. I thought of it this whole time. I just want to give a synopsis. I feel like they deserve a synopsis, especially with something that hits so close to home. And look, I was, I even thought about doing the whole thing about it, but I didn't want to re- If you did, I- if you did, I literally would not have listened to your <laughs> report. You're like, well, go ahead and speak. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would have walked away and gotten a slice of pizza. Are we naming them? No. Damn. Um, they would legitimately try to sue us. Probably. 
I don't know. I feel like they're constantly watching us. Okay, uh, listen. Bailey and I went to college, okay? And we had a theater teacher named Mr. Na- Mr. Short. Napoleon? Because he was... Yeah, Mr. Napoleon. That's a good one. Yeah. You definitely had a Napoleon class. Um, and Mr. Napoleon, not only did they write... They wrote plays that featured, like, very graphic sexual assaults and were, like, used uh, slurs... And we're super, like, racist and homophobic and sexist. Yeah, so, like, not only that, um, but just, like, everyday encounters just wasn't good. Like, I want you to imagine, like, a, a small island of people, and the leader of these people is a very short dictator man who is really enjoys manipulation. I mean, that's that's about, <laughs> that's about it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm I'm legitimately traumatized from my experiences with this person. Like, I have PTSD from my time at school. <laughs> I mean, they they lied to the dean and other faculty members in attempts to get me expelled because I reported them for encouraging a fellow student to physically choke me during a play. So, okay, there you go. There you go. So from that to like the smaller things uh like not like banning people from talking to their friends during like any theater gathering well he banned me from talking to my friends specifically as like retaliation but yeah he did shit like that to other people one of the things is that he wouldn't let us do homework yeah. during our off time at rehearsal and we would literally have like well over an hour period in, of rehearsal time where uh, like only two characters were on stage but for some fucking reason the entire cast was called and we and were forced them. to just sit there and watch these two people in a scene that had nothing to do with the rest of us rehearse and it was and if you weren't doing that he was very big into like if you're not currently performing you are staring at your script and like doing script work which is so like uh, it, the problem like, is, sure. this, is that this person is not a good director or a good actor so they don't understand like what it takes to be either of those things right like it's like i don't know dude maybe you have to spend six months solid staring into your script once it's memorized for me i genuinely don't really need the fucking thing anymore right and like part of what I enjoy as a performer is like learning the material and all the while just having fun with it. Imagine having fun in a play, um, play the word, you know? Um, but I don't know. Part of it is just like, I don't know, being goofy and silly. And then like when you need to be performing, like you do it. That's acting. (laughs) I don't know, man. Fuck that guy. (laughs) For real. Fuck that guy. But also I would never fuck that guy. Um, Ew. Yeah, the climate in like theater education in general is really toxic and needs to change. And I do think there has been a lot of recent movement towards a more positive, um, like student focused approach mm-hmm. to theater education and like trauma informed approach. And I truly hope that that continues um, and that it just keeps getting better. Okay. You have a story, or a, sc- a conglomeration of stories, as you told me off air. Yeah. 
I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like a library, you know. I I don't just have one book. I have many books. And this time, welcome to the library. Um, we are talking about teachers, right? So, of course... I have to recount my own personal details with the subject, and not only do I have my horrors with teachers of my past, but I have some as a teacher myself. Mm. Now, uh, uh, but first, we have a would you rather. Yes. Um, So, would you rather be, this is basically like, would you rather be the villain or the hero, right? Okay. So, would you rather be the student who is being slighted by a teacher but you get like wonderful revenge or would you rather be the teacher who slights the whole school system and like gets away with basically like murder with no repercussions I would rather get revenge um I'm not really a forgiveness person so anytime there's, there's an, an offer for revenge, for, yeah, I'm gonna be very tempted by that. I mean, it's a good one. I do love getting back on people with revenge. I do love dish cold. <laughs> I do love dish cold. I do love dish cold. I do mm-hmm. love dish cold. Yeah, I also love dish cold. Um, so yeah, I deserve revenge. You know, I'm claiming that. I believe for that for you. The moon is in Pisces, Thanks. and you deserve revenge. Is it? I thought it was Aquarius. The moon was in Aquarius yesterday. It moves that fast? Apparently. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't know anything about the moon. You don't know anything about the moon? Not even one solitary fact? I know it's, it's up there. So we're accepting new hosts for Hold Me, I'm Scared. <laughs> um, because I don't know enough about the moon. The moon is wonderful, okay? It's in its waning phase from a full moon. Um, well, you're in a whining well, phase. You're in a stupid phase. So, at my school that I teach at currently, I've encountered some strange phenomena. Okay? And I don't... I think I've told you this before, but I don't know if I have. Um, some might even call this paranormal. Okay? So, first, there's a doppelganger kid spirit. Now, if you don't know what a doppelganger is, it's basically another being that either just happens to look like another or a mysterious creature that mimics others for nefarious purposes. So, at my school, I believe we have something paranormal that does this. I remember my first year when I was in a room with a teacher who we'll call under the alias Mrs. Red. Um... Mrs. Red's class, there was a boy who just had the hardest time being still and had some behavioral issues. We'll call him Green. Um, We made it through, like, the bulk of the day, okay? And we're into center time, and that means that kids have a lot of interest areas, like art, writing, etc., to free play in. So, of course, Green is just all over the place, bouncing from center to center. And this kid, like, they weren't too bad, but they were, like, a 7.8 on, like, the hyperactive scale on a good day. Um, they even wore like a weighted backpack to try and help. I believe in that backpack there was a sack of flour. 
and that they took care of as a baby. So while I am playing with another kid in the art center across from the class bathroom, I see Green crawl quickly into the bathroom. And I was like, Green! I said it like loudly and slightly caught off guard. I'm like, you have to tell the teacher before you go in there. A teacher has to be in the bathroom with you there. Green! And I'm saying this as I walk into the dark bathroom. I flip the lights on. No green. I can feel my face twisting into confusion until I realize they must have crawled into a stall. So I duck down. No green. I open each of the doors. No green. I open the door to the connecting classroom, and I ask if green came in there. Nope. So I walk back into Miss Red's class, and my eyes widen, and I must have looked somewhat shocked, because clear on the other side of the room, Green is deeply involved playing with another kid. Miss Red, she looked at me. She must have noticed the shock on my face, because she was like, what? What's wrong? And I said, I don't even know if I want to tell you, like, what, I, like, I, I'm not sure if I want to, like, breathe life <laughs> Or, like, energy into, like, whatever wants my attention. Yeah. But, obviously, I'm a white person, so I had to tell her. Because um, I'm going to die in the horror movie. So, uh, um, I told her. And she told me that this was not the first weird thing to happen in her room. Ooh. Now, this could have been a mind trick, because only I saw it. But I find it odd that my brain would choose to conjure up something so random while I was working with another kid fully engaged in art. And look, I love art, so it's not something that I want to have my attention be taken away from. Right. Um, however, it's not just me. Because my lead teacher now and I had a similar event, but not two months ago. She was asking me, where's Blue? Where's Blue? Blue is, And I said, they're right here on the carpet with me. And they said again, where is blue? Where is blue? And they asked again from the doorway of the bathroom. And I was like, they're right here. They're with me. Oh, she said, very confused. I could have swore I just saw them run into the bathroom, but they weren't in there. I reminded her of the thing that happened, and we both nervously chuckled and tried to forget about it. Haunted school. Haunted school. Haunted school. Haunted school. Haunted school. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's not the only weird thing that's happened. Okay, so we've we've witnessed something that is just first person accounts, right? Mm-hmm. But how about when there's two people? Mm-hmm. Okay, me and another teacher who was my uh, co-teacher last year or the year before, or whatever. I don't know the pandemic. Who knows? Took up a chunk of time that we'll never understand what really happened. Um, we were just talking in the room like the kids are playing or on the carpet or whatever um and we were talking we were like pretty close to each other and we were far away from like and nobody's by it of course um there is i want you to imagine like an open cabinet there's no doors on it um and the cabinet has a vertical deep slot so that big big picture books can go into it mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. now tell me why one big picture book pulls itself out flips 
and then flips itself open as it lands on the floor. Ooh, that is very ghost behavior. Now, by all accounts, like, that should not happen. Okay, a, a deep, big book, like, that is deep inside of a cabinet should not come out on its own and open. Hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go put it back. And we're going to move on. This didn't right. And <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I always told people this story in the past, like, year and a half. And I was like, you know what, though? Like, honestly, I could have imagined it. I have a great imagination. I'm going to ask her if she still remembers. And so I asked her this past summer. or Well, or this summer. We're currently living in it. I said, hey, do you remember this with the whole book that came out? And she was like, oh, yeah. I for sure remember that. Like, that was something that happened. You didn't just make that up. And I was like, okay. So, once again, haunted school. Haunted school. Haunted school. I do have a theory. Okay. Because all this stuff seems to happen around you, right? So, maybe it's not the school that's haunted. Maybe you're haunted. Ooh, how fun. A fun thought for me to fall asleep to tonight. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, Now... I've given you the paranormal, Mm -hmm. but what about just the normal, Hmm. but still traumatizing? Oh. So I want you to imagine me in 10th or 9th grade, okay? Well, which is it? I need to be specific for my imagination. For this one, we're going to say 10th grade. Okay. So I want you to imagine Charles shorter hair maybe even into this like little faux hawk stage very chubby very quiet I remember the faux hawk from your photos plaid shorts correlating color hoodie those shoes that you just slip on like the original like van looking things but just all white um or gray uh, okay i'm here gotcha um, I ha- i'm visualizing very sweet doesn't talk much we all know he's gay, or we suspect, but we don't say anything, mostly. Did he know he's gay? Um, he sort of knew. Um, so, I had this teacher, okay, and I'm going to call her out by her name, Mrs. Collins, okay? Now, okay, I recall this happening, and had this happened to me now, I would have been like, LOL, you know it, girl. But I was not that type of person Mm -hmm. then. We're Mm -hmm. in the computer lab doing something. We were in a biology class. Um, I had her for physical science and biology for ninth and 10th grade. That's why I didn't know which is which. Oh, gotcha. Um, But I want you to imagine her kind of short, little stocky, um, short red hair, very like Velma- from Scooby-Doo, a lot older, oh. more jaded, oh. meaner. Oh. Ew. Yeah. Um, like, Velma could never. Miss Collins could. Um, so we're in the computer lab. I don't know what provoked her to say this. But she turned to me during, like, the silent chatter of class and is like, Better not be looking up gay porn, Charles. <gasps> She did not. She did. Bitch. I know. Me, closeted gay child, 
shocked, bewildered, sort of nervously chuckled and just pretended like it didn't, uh, like it didn't really phase me, uh, whatever. Like I just turned around and kept working. The friends who I was with, Allison, she was the sweetest, wonderful girl. Her friend kind of looked at me like, did that just really happen? And I'm like, I think it just happened. We went about our business. So I'm still distressed about it, right? I go home, I tell my parents, and the principal at the time went to the same church that we did. So Mm. we thought, you know, tell the man. It'll be good, right? We'll get it all straightened out. Mm. This is not Mm -hmm. what happened on that day. No. So okay. I talked to him about it. Or they talked to him about it too. I don't remember. I tell him this is what she said. Uh but like you know, I can't be like for certain like this is exactly what she said, but I know that she said those words. Maybe not in that order. Maybe I'm missing a conjunction, like you know <laughs> I but those are the words that she said. And he said, well, what they basically said and what they actually said are two very different things, Charles. And I said... That's why you just have to fucking lie to these okay, people and just be like, yeah, this, I'm certain this is what they said. I was too compliant to authority back then. That's... I know. I hated that about you. So... <laughs> you didn't grow out of that until you were in your mid-20s. Yeah. No, because when we met, when you were like late teens... You were still like yeah. that. I was, I know. Thank God you I grew was up. becoming me. So I, I told him again, like, listen, <laughs> like she said that. I, I just can't remember like her exact sentence, but those were the words in the sentence. Like I, I wouldn't just like make that up. Like that'd be a very weird thing for me to make up. I've never had a problem with her beforehand. Like she's always been mean, but like, this is what she said. He talked to her about it. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, she said she didn't say anything of the sort. And like, since you really can't hmm. seem to remember exactly what she said, I think we're just going to like move on. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, which I know that might not sound like a big deal to some people, but no, that's a big fucking deal. What an inappro- like outrageously inappropriate thing to say in a classroom. Seemingly full of nowhere. Children. Like uh, but especially to somebody like who you probably know is gay and like closeted yeah. and like you still say that in front of like and you know, classrooms of high school are mixed with all kinds of people. Like you have all kinds of social groups in there, but especially like the popular like boys or whatever and even though like they never really like picked on me because I was just silent and I kind of avoided everybody um you know that still creates like dangerous territory and yeah I mean in a place like where we grow up that could have like put you in physical danger (laughs) right like it could have really snowballed into something a lot worse and I'm thankful that it didn't and I don't think anyone who listens to this podcast like would misunderstand like why that could be harmful and very scary. Um, no. And, I mean, even, okay, I just want to also say, even if like, 
you don't have any like nefarious purposes and even if you feel like you're in an accepting community do not ever fucking out someone like just don't do it it's not your place right and like and it could put them in danger you don't know why they have they're not out and if someone trusts you with information like that about them or if you just suspect that about someone like they don't betray that trust by being a piece of shit (laughs) i uh, i agree i agree um yeah although i was sort of guilty one time because it had never been quite like confirmed to me and this was really recent um from one of my server jobs there was another guy there who i was like he's gay he's one of us i know like i can smell it off of you um but he never outrightly said it right so i'm talking to another coworker, and he was he's straight he's asking me about like being gay and whatever and i was like yeah um there's a whole like funny thing of like when like i'm the token gay character like in the work environment and another gay person is introduced like we either like really get along or like we'll try to kill each other I was like, it's like putting uh, two, like, I don't know, very hungry dogs and a bone together. <laughs> um, because there was also, like, the manager was also gay, like, out and proud. We love it. Um, just like me. And I was like, sometimes I feel like that's why we don't get along. It's like we're just, like, two gay people who want to hurt each other. Um, mm. But I had said, like, and now there's three of us. And then I had named that person. And then I was like, oh, wait. And I was like, oh. And then that person, like, came up, like, during the conversation, like, at physically, and was like, hey. And I was like, am I right? And then I was like, and he was like, about what? And I was like, nothing. Never mind. As I was like, that's never been confirmed. Why would I do that? I don't know. Sometimes, you know, I just speak out of my face without even thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a learning lesson. We know to to think next time about stuff like that. I mean, yeah, I think that's been told I me my entire life. I don't know. I about. think I definitely may have done it in high school. There, are, like, there are times when it's an act of malice. There are times when it's an act of uh, carelessness. There's a time when it's an act of ignorance. But really, like, the intention doesn't matter. Um. So it's just important that we all, we, I, I mean, all of us have made mistakes before. Uh, you know, queer people like hurt other queer people sometimes, especially when you're in a like confusing environment or like you haven't dealt with your own internalized homophobia, stuff like that. But yeah, be careful about the way that you talk about other people's sexuality or like maybe like don't talk about it. <laughs> um, right. Unless that person is like, just unless that person's like involved in the conversation you, like yeah yeah we all make mistakes so just try your best but yeah fuck that um, teacher I tell though myself that every day yes um so those are some of my scary stories okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but now i give you some a small compilation of like the cruelest shit that i've heard from random people on the internet okay, okay. now these come from <laughs> Thought catalog, 30 people share their childhood teacher horror stories, and Distractifies, 15 horror stories about terrible teachers from students who survived them. Um, Now, I'm not going to read you all 45, but I have picked the best, or rather, the worst. So here we go. These are not my stories. I'm deaf, and I wear two hearing aids. As punishment, 
My grade 3 teacher used to take off my hearing aids and make me sit in the hallway alone. This happened in 1988. This was just one of many sadistic quote-unquote punishment techniques she used. She did this several times. I don't really remember how long it lasted since it was 26 years ago, but my best friend told my mom, and I didn't even know it was wrong. I trusted the authority of teachers. I can't even remember what I did, but I know it didn't take too much to set her off, and she absolutely loved singling kids out in class and embarrassing them. She would dump the contents of your desk out in front of the class and make you clean it up while everyone watched if you took too long getting out a book or a pencil. Uh, hate that. I know. Number two. I had a teacher in freshman English who would give girls bonus points and extra credit for wearing short skirts to class. He was also guilty of some pretty consistent, touchy, caressing, grabby personal space violations with them, too. It wasn't until I was older and he was out of the school that I realized how wrong it was. Ew. 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 Yeah. Ew. We had a very similar teacher in my high school. Um, apparently they had a rumored this. mirror that he would have girls like kiss and leave their lipstick prints on. What the f- absolute fuck? There was a teacher in my high school who, in like, who I actually had and really liked him. Uh, and like last year he got arrested because he was like using a, uh, he was like video cameraing like up girls skirts <laughs> okay so you can never trust no, anyone listen i had a uh, choir teacher who was almost my choir teacher we went on like you know like a choir competition trip to like oklahoma city or something and i was gonna stay in the room with them but i like wanted to be closer to my sister so I asked to be put in another room with these other kids and apparently that teacher molested a kid in their room yeah and it was like a big thing oh in our my town God. Um, or city I guess um, and I was like I almost slept in that uh, room lol how do people send their children to school yeah how do people send their kids to school like I'm yeah. I'd be and, so terrified uh, also like Oh, it, I like the amount of rage that wells up in me when people do things to children is like unbearable like I know because like kids d- just they don't like you're the authority you're the one who's supposed to keep them safe and you're fucking it up like on purpose yeah you're it's, it's like the most evil fucking thing you can do um, <laughs> just wait it gets better so number four This was in the 1950s. I was eight and recovering from an appendix operation. The class was being punished for some infraction or other by being made to walk up and down a flight of stairs for half an hour. I asked to be excused as I wasn't completely healed, and she said, Aren't you mommy's little baby? I spent the next week in the hospital because the staple had burst open. Oh my god. She wasn't sorry, and she made me suffer for the next two years that I had her, including putting dry mustard in my mouth and taping my hands behind my back. Yes. We have two more. Now, this one does involve, like, uh, the mention of rape. They weren't, this person wasn't raped, but it just, it's mentioned. Okay. Um, had a theater teacher in high school who watched a girl 
who happen to be flat-chested, kind of tomboyish, perform a monologue from the point of view of a rape survivor. He told her, Good job, but too unrealistic. Men usually don't rape girls who look like you. I was, like, flabbergasted. My mouth was, like, physically open when I read that. You know what's sad is, like, I'm genuinely not surprised at all. I'm not either. Like, I'm not surprised, but, like, it just still, like, kind of took me... Like, I'm not surprised that it happened, but, like, it was, like, surprising to hear it. Um, Dude, men say that shit to girls and women all the time. It's so sick. Uh, I want to fight all of these people. The last one. Okay. Upon hearing my dad had died two years earlier in his bed of status epilepticus, whatever that is, um, and his heart issue... A religious instruction teacher told my eight-year-old self and my entire class that, quote-unquote, people who die in bed go to hell. Apparently, because dying in bed makes one slothful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Okay. Imagine hearing that as an eight-year-old. Your dad's going to go to hell because that he makes was lazy. That furious. He couldn't have died standing up. I'm like, what? so mad. <laughs> oh, so, so mad. What if you're dealing with something similar? What can you do? Well, this article from Very Well Family, How to Respond to a Teacher Who Bullies, helps with that. These are the tips that they provide. Number one, document all bullying incidents. Record everything that happened, including dates, times, witnesses, actions, words, quotes, and consequences. Number two, reassure and support your child. Now, this is from the point of view, like, for a parent. Talk to your child about school and what is taking place. Be supportive and really listen. Ask how your child wants the situation to be handled. Your first priority is to help your child heal from the bullying. Not to, like, right some giant wrong. Not to get, like, vindictive revenge. You're trying to help your child heal. Very good point. Number three, if you are a parent or even if not, follow the chain of command from bottom to top. If it is safe, talk to the teacher. If the issue isn't resolved, move on to a counselor. Hopefully things don't need to go further, but if they do, then move up to principal, superintendent, if you need to go up that high. Um, It also mentioned, like, talking to other parents of kids in the class, um, because most likely you are to be heard more if... Um, other teacher or other parents are there to like back you up if multiple parents are saying the same Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. then action is probably going to be taken more than just you bringing up um, it as a single issue and why they suggest following a chain of command is if you were to go like straight to the superintendent they would most likely just say to you did you talk to the teacher did you talk to the principal why are you coming to me Um, so like Exhaust all your options, they were saying. Number four. Very important. If it persists, still at any level, um, they leave this important advice. Leaving your child in a bullying situation can have dire consequences. Make every effort to either end the bullying or remove the child from the situation. Never assume the bullying will end without intervention, nor should you expect that your child will get over it or be fine. Mm-hmm. Very, very wise advice. Yes. Listen to children. And that is my stories. Wow. On teachers. You may now check out the books or return them 
I don't know what you were doing at this library of mine. Um, yeah. Good job. And since we did talk a, a little bit about rape and molestation, I'm just going to throw the National Sexual Assault Hotline number out again. It's 1-800-656-4673. That's 1-800-656-4673. I believe they also have a chat if you are uh, don't want to speak on the phone or aren't able to. Um, you can also find additional resources at RAIN, R-A-I-N-N dot org. Love that. Um, good job. I mean, I'm infinitely more terrified of teachers now. Yeah. Remember so when we used to do that rating scale? That was the goal. Yours would be higher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that was the goal, you crushed it. Um, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, we okay. are... What? <laughs> I went... <laughs> I went oh. in a very different direction. Well, are we surprised? <laughs> if you had listened to this podcast, Bailey and I <laughs> often do go in very different directions. And that's why we call the podcast Please. Hold Me. I am in different directions. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. I have a would you rather. Uh, give it to me. Okay. Would you rather uh, marry someone whose entire personality is their music taste? Um like their entire personality is like their favorite band mm. or marry someone when you ask them what kind of music they like they say i don't like music Ugh. i don't <laughs> like music that's like that is like a part of my soul no yes but if you the other person their whole personality is this band and they don't like any other I music mean, i don't know you know because i'm also a singer and i love writing music so does that mean that like you don't really like listening to me? Yeah. Ugh. No, I'd rather you shit on my music taste. It may not even get that. I mean, it may not even be that far, okay? This person just may be like, I really, really, really love... I don't know. Nickelback. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, well. And if that's their whole thing... Look, it's their whole thing. Are they hot? Sure. Great. You know, I mean, okay. <laughs> beauty fades, done this forever. Um, but, you know, at least we have that working. Am I dating or marrying this person? Marrying. You're married. Oh. Um, I mean, whoever said marriage had to be happy, look at everyone else. Gotcha. <laughs> Seems more viable for okay. me. Okay. I would pick the person. <laughs> I would pick the person who just doesn't like music. Ew! How could you do that? How could you bring them around me? Well, I would be annoyed if someone's entire personality was a band. I think I would be less annoyed by them just like being like, "Eh, I don't really like music," than I would be if they were like, "Nickelback is life." I've met people who are like, "I'm just really like, I'm really not into music." I'm like, "How can you not be into music?" I, I don't didn't get say that. that they would be like normal or likable. I just said they would like annoy me less. I know, but I'm just saying, like, I've met real people like this, and it doesn't make sense to me. You no, have it to make like sense. some form of music. You just have to. It's a human thing. <gasps> Unless they're not humans. Found out. Clocked. No, I mean I, they're just freak people, you know. Okay. Or a warring well, alien nation. Sure. If that fits with your fantasy. Sure. Um, I'm going to tell you about Pamela Smart. Have you ever heard of this person? No, I've heard of a smart board. Okay. No relation. 
Damn. So Pamela Ann Smart was born Pamela Wojas or Wojas. I should have looked up the pronunciation, but I didn't. Oh, and my my sources were Washington Post, Wikipedia, and Keen Equinox. Okay. She was born uh, on August 16th, 1967, to parents John and Linda Wojas. Wo- I'm going with Wojas. It's happy probably wrong. belated birthday. <laughs> In Miami, Florida. I don't know if you want to wish her a happy birthday. Oh. Um, when Pamela was a teenager, her family moved from Miami to Derry, New Hampshire, and she attended high school at the Pinkerton Academy in Derry, where she was a cheerleader. She then attended Florida State University and got a degree in communications. During her time at FSU, she hosted a college radio program which featured heavy metal music. She was like a super metal head, um, really into that scene. And she was also actually the station's promotion direct- promotions director, which meant that she got to hand out backstage passes um, and like got to go backstage for bands like the Scorpions and Whitesnake. So she was like metalhead, kind of like a groupie, super into the music. I'm into um, that for her. Yeah, good, good for her. Pamela met Gregory Smart. Okay, do you remember when you used to date a guy named Greg and you refused uh, to call him Greg? You would call him Gray. Yeah, because Greg was an awful name. I think about that all the time. <laughs> How I accidentally <laughs> changed their name. Yeah. So Pamela met Gregory Smart um, while she was visiting her family in New Hampshire over Christmas break in 1986. So that was in December, and by February of 1987, they were in a serious relationship. And then two years later, they got married. Gregory moved to Florida to be with Pam while she finished her senior year at FSU. So Greg and Pam bonded over their shared love for heavy metal music. When they met Greg, I think he was also like... um, so this wasn't in the sources that I was reading today, but I am familiar with this case. And if I remember correctly, I think he was also like in a garage band. And that was like part of why Pam was super into him. So he was like a metalhead too. And they really bonded over that. And Pam thought he was like so sexy and cool because of that. Um, and Pam said that for a time they had a super happy marriage. Um, but like as like... You know, they'd settled down. They'd gotten married. Greg uh, starts working as a life insurance agent. Um, and You say Greg like you say egg. <laughs> you say Greg. Okay, Greg worked as a life insurance <laughs> agent. and um, No, don't change for me. <laughs> he also bought Pam a dog that she named Halen after her favorite band, Van Halen. Which I, I don't know. I just think it's cute that he bought her a dog. There's nothing really significant about that, but I left it in anyway. No, because as we know from your past, not everybody who buys you a dog <laughs> is good. Uh, okay. Um, so uh, she finishes school. They He starts like, hello, he starts Hi. work as a life insurance agent and they uh, rent a condo near Greg's parents back in New Hampshire. Um, and they're doing like, pretty well for themselves um they and even enjoy a- occasional weekend outings to the trump casino in atlantic city Ew. um yeah i know uh but like you know greg starts greg no, don't starts change for me be your authentic <laughs> true self the fans the many fans that listen to this podcast <laughs> will leave because of your inauthenticity okay um, so Greg um, 
is like getting well you know he's married now they have a dog he wants to settle down and he's like you know not he was still like likes the music but he's not like once his party like concert garage band days are kind of over right he's getting more serious about life and pam's like not into it i mean he's still like a fun guy but like he's a grown-up now um and pam's like not into that she didn't marry him for that you know um so the marriage starts getting a little rocky and then less than a year into the marriage so i don't really trust anything pamela (laughs) says just gonna say that but she said that greg confessed to her that he'd had a one night stand so and cheated on her interesting okay we're gonna note this um so pam at the time was actually working as a teacher um she was the or like as a stool uh hello as a school like faculty member okay cut that out i've said it way too many times i'm gonna start over so at that time Pamela was actually working as a uh, the media quarter for Winnicott High School in Hampton, New Hampshire, and um, she was like a school staff member. But like in all of the media that will come out about her, she's referred to as a teacher, and like she did have an authoritative position over students. She did um, like teach students like media projects. So like she basically is a is a teacher. Um, she also volunteered as a facilitator for Project Self-Esteem, which is was like a local drug awareness project at the school. And she, I mean, they did get married young. She is like kind of fresh out of college at this time. Wait, she's only 21 the years old. The anti-drug campaign is called Project Self-Esteem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not like my first choice, but... I mean, I didn't... Yeah, it is dumb. <laughs> Project Self-Esteem. Come on. Not like Project... Whatever. We're moving on. Okay, so it was through this program, actually, Project Self-Esteem, that Pam met and fell in love with fellow volunteer Billy Flynn. He was a student at the high school, and he was 15. Oh, no. no. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So both have admitted to the quote-unquote relationship um, I'm just going to say there will be times where I say phrases that may imply that I think this was like consensual. Um, I don't think that children can consent to romantic or sexual relationships with adults. Kind of like regardless of the age of consent, I think there is a huge difference between a 15-year-old and a 21-year-old. Also, the fact that she was like an authority figure at the school means there's an inherent like power dynamic going on. Um, so when I say words like relationship or like had sex, um, it's because like in a lot of my notes, that's what like media sources refer to. Too, but I just want to be very clear in my position that like it's all air quotes all the time. Even that's how she spells her um, name. <laughs> Quote so while, unquote Bailey. <laughs> so, so while they both have admitted to the relationship, uh, there are conflicting accounts over who seduced whom. Um, <laughs> which, like, again. How can that be conflicting? How? How? What do you mean a 15 year old seduced yeah, you? I'm sorry. You gross adult woman (laughs) 15 year olds can't seduce anybody okay not even other 15 year olds (laughs) i mean like look and and like 
like seduction right like applies some level of like savviness um it implies like intent even like not necessarily like a negative but like a kind of manipulation and like the thing is like no a 15 year old student is not capable of seducing their 21 year old teacher the 21 year old teacher is a fucking freak and like look every 15 year old Uh, is going through the awkward stage okay nobody there at 15 has got game has got some kind of like charm okay we're all gross and weird at 15 i mean and even if they do she's 21 she's like a fully grown adult why don't you wait three more years this is someone who has graduated college with like a sophomore in high school that's whatever whatever disgusting um so, in my opinion, she's a rapist. I'm just throw that out there. Um, but she, of course, was like, Billy, like, was relentless. He, like, wouldn't stop pursuing me. I was just so irresistible to this literal child. And also, like, here's the thing, Pam. I don't give a shit if this child was pursuing you romantically. I, when I used to work at a high school, I had students hit on me. It was super uncomfortable. I hated it. And I never encouraged it. And I also like, uh, like, uh, sorry. <laughs> the idea that like someone could be flattered by like a child, like sexually flattered by a child, like makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Um, Look, if you find yourself being sexually flattered by a child, visit a therapist. Yeah. And don't, and like get away from children. And Another good reason for BetterHelp to sponsor us. This is where I would put in your ad. See? Yeah, I'm sure that BetterHelp really wants to be associated with pedophilia. Um, but yes, get help. Uh, so, okay. And again, it's like, yes, like I, when I was like, I was young when I worked as an assistant teacher at high school. I did have students hit on me. We were like, you know, five or six years apart in age. Uh, never once did... Uh, D- did I feel like flattered or like charmed? <laughs> I was like, wow, this is really inappropriate behavior from a child. As the adult, I'm going to tell them that that's inappropriate <laughs> and like not the relationship right. that we have and to move along. Like, anyway, um, you know, normal things. <laughs> so, you'd think uh, one would think. <laughs> so, yes. Regardless, both Pam and Billy would later testify that they began having sex around Billy's 16th birthday and that they slept together more than five times. And it's like rape, but over the course of approximately two months. Um, Okay. So that's going on. And then on May 1st, 1990, just six days before Pam and Greg's first wedding anniversary, Pam comes home. She opens the door to her condo and she notices that like all of her shit is all over the place. It's like completely ransacked. Um, Halen is like barking. And then she finds her 24-year-old husband dead, shot, and lying in a uh, puddle oh. of blood. Okay. This is picked up. <laughs> I'm leaning in. <laughs> We've taken a turn, folks. Um, 
So obviously, like Pam calls the police, they come to investigate, and like I guess, um, like during the investigation, Pam was in this like super frenzied state. Like she was switching between like being devastated and being super manic. She got put on Prozac, which like she said added to her mania. Which like she was taking a very high dose. Like so, when I was on Prozac, I was taking twenty oh. milligrams, and Pam was on like a hundred plus milligrams. <laughs> so, um, and it like Prozac does can make some people manic so she was like all over the place her mom even like thought about having her committed but then decided against it um because she didn't want to leave her and like her mom later said that she wishes like she had committed her so pam's like lost it so whether it's like genuine or faking it pam's lost it she's all over the place okay so pam's dealing with that with that (laughs) meanwhile because their children the people that Wait. committed the murder start to crack. You tell me this 15-year-old killed this man. Mhm. <sighs> mhm. Mhm. M- move along, I guess. Mhm. Okay. okay, so two of Billy Flynn's and that's the student that she was having I say having an affair, but you guys you guys know what I mean. Um with uh so Pete Randall and Vance Latim Jr. Uh, blabbed to a classmate that they had been a part of the killing because, like, yeah, they're children. They're not going to keep their fucking mouths shut. Uh, okay. Um, Unless they're those ones from Dairy Maine. Again, everyone who everyone who does crime is so bad at doing crime. <laughs> um, I know. Here we are again. And the ones that you don't hear about are the good ones because they did it right. They didn't yeah. tell anybody. And, well, and we don't mean good, like, good for them. We mean good, like, that's how you good at crime. Yeah, you did a criminal right. <laughs> okay. You did a criminal right. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so they also, like, confess to their parents. And Vance Latim's father brings a thirty-eight caliber pistol that he had found in his house to the police, uh, believing that it might be the murder rep- weapon. All three boys end up turning themselves in um, after being told that they would be tried as adults. They eventually uh, like came clean about the whole situation. So they told investigators that Pamela Smart orchestrated the killing down to the smallest detail. She told them uh, she left an entrance unlocked for them. She told them how to make it look like a burglary. She like told them when her husband would be coming home, like how to do it what to do and offered to pay them $500 a piece wait so Pam is orchestrating this uh huh what, what is what is going on there this is too much for me at 8 48 p.m when we're recording this yeah so Pam has enlisted her teenage victim like media would call him a lover but her teenage victim and two of his friends to kill her husband and like told them how to do it left a door unlo- according to the boys all three boys say that she told them how to do it left an entrance unlocked told them when he would come home all of that stuff told them how to make it look like a burglary and offers to pay them $500 a piece uh, okay so <laughs> so they did um, and they they confess. Billy Flynn confesses to being the person who pulled the trigger. Um, 
Vance Latim confesses to providing the murder weapon. Pete Randall, I I think he was like the driver, um, but he like waited in the car during the murder. Uh, so, but they were all a part of it. Okay. So on May 14th, um, so he was, Greg Smart was killed on May 1st. Two weeks later, an anonymous tip uh, comes in that says there's another student that Pam was close to named Cecilia Pierce, who was aware of the plan. So the police talked to Pierce, who has, like, got a lot of information. So she was very close to Pam. She would even have, like, sleepovers at Pam's house, um, sometimes for, like, up to a week at a time. Uh, Pam, like, she was also, like, a teenager, right? She, these are all high school students. And it seems like Pam was, like, hella immature or, like, either that or just, like, really enjoyed having power over people, like, having that, um, like, power imbalance of, like, being the only adult. Because, like, her f- quote-unquote friends are, like, all fucking teenagers. Yeah, I take back my happy belated birthday, okay? Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday to somebody else born on August 17th or 16th, whichever day it was. 17. Yeah, and I, it was the 16th. And <gasps> I, my half birthday? That bitch. Yeah, how dare she? <laughs> and I guess, like, Cecilia, like, basically was, like, Pam's confidant. Like, Pam would, like, talk to her about the, her marriage problems. And then one night when Cecilia and Billy were both over at Pam's house, like, they all started to watch a movie, and then Billy and Pam went upstairs and, like, when the movie ended, Cecilia went looking with them and, like, found them having sex on the floor of no. Pam's bedroom. Yeah. Um, and, like, she had uh, told, uh, like, Cecilia said that, like, it started out as, like, nothing. Just, like, they were all friends. Which, like, no, you can't. Like, I have, like, seen former students of mine once they have graduated and are in college and, like, gone to dinner with them or something not like romantically but like caught up over over a coffee or something but even if you did that wouldn't be weird it's kind of weird i don't know i guess it's it's weird weird, but like it's 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 not like gross yeah i guess um but like you can't be friends like socially with your students (laughs) when they're your students (laughs) right like at least least wait till they get out of your class like yeah, it's just really not to have sex weird. with them, but to be friends with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just inappropriate, and like, it's better to have clear boundaries uh, for obvious reasons. Don't definitely don't have them at your fucking house, dude. Right, unless um, it's like one of those fancy college professor party, like dinner parties. See, those those don't bother me at all. I actually had a college professor who had like a dinner party, and like that, I don't think is weird. You're you're like all adults, right? Yeah. Don't be fr- like these like, are teenagers. Sometimes like, you get lucky and that turns into a murder mystery. Okay, we're getting off track. We gotta go, re- go back. Okay, so Cecilia had said like it started out and they were all just friends, but then like Pam later, um, like about a month into her and Billy's whatever, uh, like confessed to Cecilia that she was in love with him. Ugh. 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 He's fifteen. You fucking. Whatever, Pam. I also would never credit you with the creation of the smart board. Okay. Um, so, they asked Cecilia to wear a wire and uh. record her conversations with Pam in hopes that Pamela would say something incriminating. And she did. And guess what, Mimi? Okay. So, we in a did. conversation. 
<laughs> and guess what, Mimi? She did. <laughs> That's a drag race reference. It's kind of a deep cut. <laughs> um, okay. So in a conversation that took place on June 19th, Cecilia started to ask Pam, quote, but listen, if they find out that I lied for you, am I going to be charged with, and Pam interrupts, quote, you're not going to be lying, lying for me. You didn't lie about anything. You don't know anything. What the hell's the problem? End quote. Also, Pam is like hella manic at this point because she's on like so much Prozac. Um, Pam abruptly ends like hung up and ended the conversation uh, when Cecilia mentioned that she could have just divorced her husband. (laughs) Cecilia's like, you know, you could have just divorced him. Pam's like, yeah, click. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like there's the obvious reason. Whatever. Whatever. No. Um, She's having sex with a 15 year old. This is not a rational woman. No. So then she like immediately calls Cecilia back and she's speaking super rapidly and frantically. And she says, quote, they're referring to the police going to try to get you to talk and to confess. And you know, they're going to say, we know, you know, and all that, you know, try to make you nervous, but all you have to do is just maintain the same story, you know, and that's it that, you know, you don't know. And (laughs) that's it, you know, you know, (laughs) and then uh, she also said, quote but I don't you know I don't think you should be nervous because you know realize that that's just it if they start telling you look well this person says you know that Bill was at your house at 10 p.m. at this time or whatever you'll say well Bill's obviously lying because he's on trial for his life and that's it you know and the police are going to realize that Bill or anybody is making up stories because that's how it looks (laughs) yeah sounds you sound so innocent Yeah, you really do you know And then, like, even more incriminating, in another taped conversation, Pamela told Cecilia, quote, if you tell the truth, we're all fucking going to jail. (laughs) Okay, Pam. (laughs) Which is like, (laughs) how? How do you spin that another way? (laughs) Okay. On August 1st, 1990, Detective Danielle... (laughs) Fuck me, dude. Get it together, bitch. Okay. Okay. I'm trying. Okay. So after collecting all this information via the wiretaps of Cecilia and also um, the testimony of the three boys on August 1st, 1990, Detective Daniel Pelletier approached Pamela in her school's parking lot. She's also like still working at the school. (laughs) Of course she is. Um, And Pam recognized him because like she'd spoken to him a ton throughout the course of the investigation. And she uh, says, she said, what's up? And he said, well, Pam, I have some, (laughs) I have some good news and I have some bad news. The, the good news is that we've solved the murder of your husband. The bad news is you're under arrest. What a line. What a line. The drama, the camp, the performance. The performance, the script. And then uh, Pam said, what for? And he said, first degree murder. (laughs) Okay, so Pamela Smart ends up being like hella fucking famous. And this is because um, her trial was like widely watched and got a ton of media attention because like it's like morbidly juicy right um and also it was one of the first uh cases 
like court cases in the U.S. that allowed TV cameras oh, in the courtroom. Um, this was like before <laughs> OJ. This was like this was like the big like first one. Um, and also morbidly juicy. Good band name. <laughs> it's kind of gross. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so she faced life in prison if she was convicted. And uh, this the prosecution. Hello. <laughs> Hi. I gotta stop saying that. No. The prosecution's mm. case obviously relied super heavily on the testimony from the three boys uh, who had secured plea bargains before the trial began um, to avoid like, m- yeah, more dire sentences because they were charged as adults. So rather than risk it. Uh, they they all pled out. And I'm sure that testifying against her was part of the plea. It must have been. Um, so oral arguments began on March 4th, 1991. Assistant Attorney General Diane Nicolosi uh, basically like built the case that the teenagers were like these naive victims of quote, an evil woman bent on murder. Um, so basically the whole like prosecution side of the case is like she's a femme fatale, like temptress, super manipulative because Pam was also like hot. Um, so like a lot of the case and the media attention focused like really intensely on her looks. Um, Sick of all these hot, hot people. people killing. Um, and uh, which honestly like, OK, I'm just going to be totally truthful. I don't think she's that hot. But like in the in the 90s in the early 90s i guess that was the standard i don't know everyone thought she was super hot cecilia even you know we've encountered this before on the yeah where everybody's like really into this person and we're like but they're ugly yeah we're like they're not like i'm even trying to like think i don't think would this happen i don't think pam is like necessarily ugly but she's not like this like bombshell that everyone like made her out to be cecilia even in an interview that took place like set like decades after the murder said like that it really frustrated her that a lot of people didn't believe that pam did it because they were like oh she's so like pretty she's so hot she's like cecilia said uh yeah people thought she couldn't do it because she was hot pretty privilege is a real thing Eh. No, it is, though. Like, people who are conventionally, like, more universally attractive, like, they, there's been studies done that, like, they will get lighter sentences. No, I know that. Yeah, that is true. Um, so, basically, uh, Nicolosi, the assistant attorney general trying the case uh, for the prosecution, claimed that Pam seduced Flynn with, like, the goal to get him to murder her husband. Uh, because she didn't want to be married anymore and uh, the divorce would be expensive and if he died she would benefit from a $140,000 life insurance policy because there's always a life insurance policy kill your own husband come on yeah like do it yourself actually like don't kill your husband Greg seems like for from like all accounts a pretty cool guy like a nice dude I don't know how I feel about people spending their money at a Trump business but like doesn't mean he deserves to be murdered nah in uh, so then um when pamela took the stand she did acknowledge that she had quote unquote an affair with um her victim 
uh, Billy Flynn, but she claimed that her whole her the defense's position and her position was like the murder of her husband was all on him and his friends because she had told him that she wanted to end their quote unquote relationship and work on her marriage. So he, she was basically like, oh, he thought like um, he was in love with me and uh, he thought that like if he got rid of my husband, then we would be together. So he and his friends killed my husband. Even if that were the case, Pam. You still can't fuck a 15 year old, you creepy little bitch. Creepy little bitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I hate I hate her. Um, I also love the term creepy little bitch. That's what I want in my Tinder bio. That's what I'm going to put on your tombstone. (laughs) (laughs) Creepy little bitch. Um, She insisted that she, like she said, like she had no idea of the murder plot, did not participate in it, Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with it. And um, yeah, so... Billy did admit to like being in love with her, but yeah, he the, all three boys stick with the story. You know, she offered to pay them. She planned the murder. Billy did it out of love. The other two did it for them five hundred bucks, which like, dude, <laughs> five hundred dollars. Um, and like friendship to Billy, I guess. But like, I don't know. I wouldn't kill someone for five hundred dollars in a friendship. Sorry. I wouldn't either. What's your price to kill someone? Yeah. Um, if they were like a like okay. two million. I don't know. So I would if they were like a really bad person. Yeah, like two million. I would, but if they were not like a truly terrible person, there would be no amount of money because I couldn't live with myself. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> like. I would be like a, an assassin with a heart of gold. We love that for you. What a great storyline. Okay. So Billy also testified that he was a virgin before he had sex with Pam. And this is like a big point for the media, obviously, because it's super salacious. And to me, it's like hella icky for people to focus on this. Um, but like it was like a huge point in the trial and a huge point in the media. And like to the point that when like... Um, Pam's defense like was trying to make appeals later they would like try to dig up evidence that Billy wasn't actually a virgin when they had sex which is like who cares dude he's a child why do none of these people understand that he's a child okay it doesn't matter if he's had sex with every girl his age in the school you are a 21 year old adult woman you don't have sex with a child (laughs) you think we'd all be on the same page Okay. Well, I, I always get way too angry. You do. Well, I don't know. Maybe not too angry. I feel like not angry. Also, I really thought you were about to say, like, in the court, like, brought up that he was a Virgo. And I was like, why does that matter? <laughs> <laughs> you know Virgos. Well, yeah, you know. The trial lasted 14 days, and it ended on March 22nd, 1991, in the Rockingham County Superior Court. Pam was found guilty of being an accomplice to first-degree murder. Uh, also found guilty of conspiracy to commit murder and witness tampering. And the witness tampering was uh, from, like, those tapes where she's trying to coerce Cecilia to, like, lie to the police. Um, and again, the conviction, like, hinged on the testimony of her co-conspirators, uh, the three boys, and those conversations with Cecilia. Um, 
So. That she was in charge for like sexual assault? Mm mm. I don't know what the age of consent in this state was at the time. You know, some states have an age of consent of like 14. <sighs> okay. <laughs> we're just, we're, we're going, we're moving past it. Yeah, we don't have time to get into how angry that shit makes me. Um, we like don't fucking protect. You, uh, okay, never mind. Sorry. We're moving, moving on. on. Um, we're moving on. Okay. So I don't know, like, if it was like necess- her quote unquote relationship with Billy was like necessarily illegal, but it was fucking immoral and creepy and gross, no doubt. Okay. So. Uh, so Pam ma- has maintained her in- innocence, continues to maintain her innocence. Um, and like her, again, I, I told you like the defense team, like tried to dig up information to suggest that Billy like wasn't a, a virgin, which like who gives a shit? It really has no bearing on the case. Also, like, why are you guys so obsessed with a 15 year old sex life? Um, then also, so basically her point of view and like the point of view of the defense is uh that um the boys were lying because so there are issues with this case i'm not gonna lie the boys were housed together for the duration of the trial so giving them plenty of time to if they were making up a story was i actually genuinely believe that she did it and that they didn't make anything up but if they were to make up a story they were housed together for the length of the trial, so they had plenty of time to get it straight and consistent. Yeah, that seems pretty dumb um, to me. Yeah, the case also received like tons of media attention, and the jury was not sequestered uh, until after the trial had started, uh, like to like the second day of the trial or something like that. So again, they could have been influenced by the media, um, and that could be a problem. Uh, also, the tapes with Cecilia were, like, very poor quality, um, so, like, it is possible that some of the things could have been misconstrued, uh, some of the things that, like, Pam said could have been misinterpreted, kind of the, like, this is what you're going to hear on the tape, and then you hear it on the tape, but it's kind of fuzzy. Mm-hmm, very much <laughs> like the paranormal investigators are like, he said, I died in pain, and all you hear is like, <laughs> yeah, um, so, so those are, like, the quote-unquote issues of the trial. I c- I'm still, like, inclined to believe that she did it. And even, le- yeah, there, but there were actually, like, a lot of people. There's still, like, a, a change.org position to get her out of jail. There are still, like, a lot of people that believe that Pamela Smart is innocent. Um, hey, well, you know what? I'm not one of them, no, if I'm being right. honest. <laughs> um. And there were, like, like famous people um, who, like, the, uh, the playwright who did vagina, the vagina monologues and, like, uh, other, like, famous uh, feminists who were, like, super, uh, who, who were super vocal advocates of her innocence. And a lot of this was, like, about how the media, like, really unnecessarily focused on her looks. And so, like, while some people say it, like, it was helpful to her other people say that it really hindered her because it did paint her as this like slut um this like femme fatale uh and like you know 
someone who used her feminine wiles to get what she wanted, like that it contributed to that narrative that the prosecution was trying to sell. And like she was focused on in ways that like men never would have been, you know, so it wasn't necessarily fair. Um, They would talk like the papers would like fixate on what she wore to court, stuff like that, you know, which is icky. very weird. Yeah. Um, so Pam could have been charged with capital murder, uh, but the prosecution decided against it. Um, and she went on to be sentenced later that day that she was convicted and she was given a mandatory sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole. Um, so Billy Flynn in 1992 was sentenced to life in prison for second degree murder, um, like per his plea deal he wasn't eligible for parole for 40 years and he had um 12 years of the minimum sentence okay so then he had 12 years of the sentence deferred if he maintained good behavior um while incarcerated he earned his ged was super active in charity work um, and worked as an electrician at the prison in 2007 he sought a sentence reduction after serving 16 years um said that he had vowed not to seek a sentence reduction until he had spent as many years behind bars as he had spent free. It's a long time. Uh, he apologized to Greg's... I know. He apologized to Greg's smart family for murdering him. Um, the smart family still did oppose his request for sentence reduction, um, and this the request was denied. Uh, but his earliest parole eligibility date was reduced by f- uh, three years to 25 years, which made him eligible for parole in 2015. Um, and he was paroled on March 12th, 2015, and was released from prison in June of the same year, which was uh, just a few days past the 21st. Hello, <laughs> the 25th anniversary <laughs> of Greg Smart's death. The 21st. <laughs> Um, so Patrick Randall was also sentenced to life in prison for second degree murder. Same thing, eligible for parole after 40 years with 12 years deferred, um, making him eligible in 2018. Uh, he served a sentence at the same prison as Billy Maine State Prison in Warren, Maine. In March 2009, a judge reduced his minimum sentence by three years to 25 years. Same thing with Billy, basically. Um, and he was released uh, on June 4th, 2015, the same day as Billy. Um, Vance Latim was sentenced to life in prison for his accomplice to second-degree murder. Um, in 2005, his minimum sentence was reduced by three years, and he was paroled that same year, uh, 15 years after Greg Smart's death. So, um, there was, yes, so that's what happened to the conspirators. Uh, to this day, Pam is behind bars. She maintains her innocence, um, and Gregory Smart's family has actually said, like, they'd be willing to have a conversation with her and, like, maybe, like, entertain her not spending her life behind bars if she would just admit to what she did. But she she refuses to do so. So, um, and then 
this case was like super famous and uh, went on to inspire tons of books, TV movies, feature films, even a movie in which Nicole Kidman um, starred as a character that was based on Pamela Smart. I love Nicole Uh, Kidman. And I know Cecilia actually got uh, a little over like $100,000 for a movie deal um, that she did. Uh, where she like consulted on the story for a movie about the case um so it was like a super enduring case uh that received that like is is infamous really um and there are still yeah like i said there are still people to this day that believe that pam is innocent but i don't think so um and also i think she's gross (laughs) um and that's uh that's the story of that bitch pamela smart (laughs) What a ride, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I did actually know that story. Like, it sounded vaguely familiar to me. Um, But... Yeah. It was was so famous. Just as weird to hear it again. I think I... I don't... Whatever. This bitch. I... Never a happy birthday to you. You don't deserve it. And on my half birthday, you sleep with a 15-year-old and murder your husband. Get out of town. And, like, I do think cases like this often, like, the victims are super overlooked because they're boys. Um, And it's because of our, like, weird, gross <laughs> culture around sex in Staying this country. Staying with, like, boys will be boys. Yeah. Well, and also, like, that, like, oh, like, he, sh- he like should be happy like it's so Uh, gross like Like, somebody like her chose him well and like this idea that like um boys are like these like you know like sex crazed like uncontrollable uh beings who like always want sex and it's like oh like who wouldn't want to fuck their hot teacher and it's like someone who would be traumatized (laughs) by that because they're a literal child you know um and, like, you think about if this case were reversed and Pam was a 21-year-old man who raped a 15-year-old girl. Yeah, it's like, it would be a lot different. You know, I think the attitude around it. Yeah, I think the media would have, fo- like, the you, you would see stories that, like, referred to Billy as, like, her lover, like, the steamy affair. And I don't think that language, like, would have been used if the genders were reversed. Um. I don't think so either. I think it would have been like predator on poor girl. Yeah. Which is like what it is, right? Like it, it is predatory. She was a teacher. He was a student. She was an adult. He was a child. Like it's inherent, regardless of like the legality of it, which I'm not sure of what it was at the time, but it's inherently predatory. And, um, you know, I think this like gross stigma that we have around boys and men uh, and like, you know this idea that they like are like these sex machines um without feelings is like really harmful to both men and women and everyone in between actually um but yeah boys uh who are victims of situations like this totally deserve to whatever they need to heal and they deserve to be treated with respect and care now billy did kill a dude so I'm not saying he yeah. was like an innocent little <laughs> right. angel, but I am saying that he was a victim in this as well. 
Um, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't have had consequences for killing someone, but I do think he got lost in this. He might not have been a victim in all ways, but he was in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah. No one ever send your kids to school again. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't even homeschool. You know what? Stop teaching. I'm going to quit tomorrow. Um um, Ooh, and I thought of those w- I thought of one other creepy teacher thing. Oh, Sorry, what? it's really no quick. No, tell me. No, tell me. Okay, so no, so you know how I like love to watch like court shows. Like I'm like a sixty year old do like, woman who like knits and watch courts. I love court shows. So I was watching the People's Court the other day, and there is this case on there, and this woman was suing because she wanted her deposit on an adoption back back but the reason why she wasn't approved for the adoption was because she had a child abuse case against her and guess where she worked a fucking public school no you can't adopt a child karen if you beat them and it was noted yeah Uh, yeah. she did not win the case but also she was still working at a school with that on her record and she was like oh well i just assumed i'd be approved for the adoption because like i was approved to work at a school ah you know i'm sick of everybody but look okay there are good teachers in the world let's not forget there are some teachers that have made wonderful impacts in people's lives i've had some maybe bailey's had some there are some good teachers very moderate teachers oh i for sure have had them but there are also really bad teachers i think the lesson at the end of the day is that you need to listen to your children don't just write them off as like you know being dramatic or like telling lies or being in a fantasy world listen to children when they come to you take them seriously because you do not know (laughs) what is going on all the time uh and that is what makes it a scary world out there so hold on to the people you love bye Bye. stay in school if it's safe